I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 28. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. There are two words that keep coming to my mind in recent weeks. One is mystery and the other is worship. I mentioned last week that I like a mystery when I know that it's going to come to a conclusion. But overall, I like to be able to wrap my mind around things, and I like to be able to explain them. But of course, we serve a God that is so much bigger than anything we can wrap our minds around. What he has revealed to us, in addition to the reality that he is so much bigger than anything we can ever imagine, if we combine those two thoughts, though, it should cause us to worship. And my prayer this week is that, Perhaps I can take us a little bit deeper into the mystery and really just cause us to ponder God's goodness so that our natural response will be falling down before him in worship. In fact, this week's song, This is Amazing Grace by Phil Wickham, takes us to a place in scripture full of wonder and mystery, and we see one of the biggest worship services ever described. The funny thing is, the end of the song is where we will begin this week. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy The phrase, worthy is the lamb who was slain, well, that comes directly from Revelation chapter 5. Revelation. So that's one of the most mysterious books in the Bible. And I have to be honest with you, when I read Revelation, I get a little confused. I can't tell what's being described as a metaphor or if it's a real being. I get these moments of clarity and then I'm plunged back into the mystery. So I don't generally spend a ton of time in Revelation because it makes me uncomfortable if I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I hesitate to even broach it with you on this podcast because I'm really not sure I can completely understand it myself. And so I'm really worried that I'm going to mess something up in trying to explain it to you. I mean, how can I explain it to somebody if I don't really understand it myself? And so because of that lack of confidence, I, I've just 
been hesitant to even go there, but I'm drawn to it. And isn't that kind of the point of it all, you know, to be drawn into God's word so that he can reveal things to us? You know, he uses others. He uses me. He'll use my pastor on Sunday morning. He uses other people that I read their books or listen to their podcasts. But what if, what if he wants to reveal something to you through his spirit that's living inside of you? Will we actually take the risk of not completely understanding something so that we can wade in a little bit deeper to see if the God who created the universe just might reveal something new to us. So if we're going to jump into Revelation, however, we really need to understand the context. And so there's really no better place to understand context than at the beginning. So Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, is type of, a type of prologue, kind of a separate introduction section before John, the scribe of this book, introduces himself. And verses 1 through 3 say this, The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He, has made, it known, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Now already we see promises to us. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Now that's a really interesting thought, and I'm kind of excited that it says it this way, because I have told you in past episodes to try reading scripture aloud, that there's something that happens when you read it aloud. And the thought just dawned on me as I was reading those verses aloud is I'm reading this aloud to you. So blessed am I to be able to read these words aloud. And then going on to say, blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written because the time is near. So there's almost kind of a, a sense of warning and a sense of urgency in these words. So not only am I blessed by reading this aloud to you, or you can be blessed by reading it aloud when on your own, but you're blessed because you're hearing it. And um, if you take it to heart, what is written because the time is near. So again, I'm, it's so interesting to see this just in the, the context, trying to understand a little bit about where we're going to end up, because we're going to end up in Revelation chapter 5. But as we begin again to what I do every time I pick up scripture is to kind of say, okay, I'm going to be talking about this area of scripture, but I really want to understand the context. So we just go to the beginning. Then in verse four, it goes on to just reveal the scribe. Now I'm calling John a scribe here because God is the author of this book. I mean, especially in this revelation, this is something that John didn't come up with on his own. He was taken out, taken out in the spirit and he saw so many things and he tried to write them down to the best of his ability, but he is the scribe. John just wrote it all down. But in verse four, it does, he does introduce himself by name. He says, John, and it, and he says who he's writing it to. So he's writing it to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Then if you jump down to verse 9, John gives us a picture of how all of this came about. Like, where did this message come from? And you can see in verse 9 where it says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom, 
and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He was he was actually um, sent away to this island, so because of because of his faith and because of his um, his desire to continue to share God's word. So on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, "This part is in red letters, so you know that Jesus said it. Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches: to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum." Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So he goes on to describe this vision of Christ, and Jesus himself begins to describe and define for John what John is seeing. Okay, so far I can follow this. I can, you know, especially when someone's explaining it to you, okay, this is what the seven lampstands are, this is what the seven, this, all this is. So I can follow all of that. Then Jesus actually goes on to give messages to the seven churches. And these are also fairly understandable. But when John is taken to the throne room of God in heaven, then it really starts to get interesting. I mean, it begins to seem a little Narnia-ish. And then ultimately from that throne room, we are ushered in to Revelation chapter 5. And I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing and then we're going to break it apart. So Revelation chapter 5 reads, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power, and wealth, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise." 
Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Now if I wanted to, I could get caught up in wondering why Jesus has seven horns and seven eyes. Why does he have that? Or where? Like, is it is he in the form of a man and he's got these seven horns? Or was John just trying to describe what he saw to the best of his ability and it's not really like that? I mean, does he look like Jesus that he looked like on earth and, and he's just added a bunch of eyes and horns? Does he Does he look like a... A creature from Narnia or does he look like a human and maybe the horns and the eyes represent something else? I could get caught up in that. But if I focus too much on that, I might miss out. I might miss out on the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the people. A a sweet fragrance and aroma to the Father. I might miss out on wondering why John was weeping. Like he was he was really moved. He was weeping and weeping. I mean, I'm a crier. You know, throw a throw a, a Hallmark movie on TV and I'm going to, you know, have the tissue box nearby. I can cry. Uh, I'm moved to tears often. And uh but why but, but really? I mean, why were you weeping? Why was it so important that someone be worthy to open this scroll that it was just that moving? I might miss out on that. If I'm focused on the horns and the eyes, I might miss out on the two new wonderful names of Jesus, the Lion of Judah and the Root of David. I might miss out on what makes Jesus worthy to open the scroll. He's worthy because he was slain. Did you see? Did you hear that he purchased for God every person, a person from every tribe and language and people and nation with his blood? He purchased us with his blood. I might have missed out on that if I was too worried about the horns and the eyes. I might miss out on the great worship service. Did you hear it? Thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands of angels, all in a loud voice, worshiping and and singing their praise to God. I might miss out on the fact that it says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and on the sea, and in the sea, saying to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise, and honor, and glory, and power. If I was too focused on the things that I didn't understand, I might miss out when the elders said, Amen, we agree, what they said, and fall down before the Lamb in worship. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. It just sounds so fantastic. It sounds like a fantasy world, a place that is just so wonderful that we can't even begin to understand. Now, at the beginning of Revelation chapter 5, the angel begins his question with who. He says, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Our song this week asks some questions 
about who. breaks the power of sin and darkness? Well, Romans chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 tells us, it says, Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? The Lion of Judah, the Root of David. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Jeremiah 10.13 says when he utters his voice. This is God. There is a tumult of waters in the heavens and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and he brings forth wind from his storehouses. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? The king of glory. That's who. with truth and justice? Psalm 9-8 tells us he rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. Who rules? The Lord Most High. That's who. But ultimately, what is amazing grace? This is amazing grace. What is amazing grace? This is amazing grace. Jesus taking my place, laying down his life willingly for me, bearing the cost of my sin, purchasing with his blood, as it said in Revelation chapter 5, so that I could be set free. First, this truth should lead me to surrender. And if you haven't surrendered to Christ as your Savior, please don't waste one more minute. He is calling. He's already purchased your freedom with his blood. Would you please accept it? It's just a matter of opening your heart and accepting it. And then after that full surrender, that should cause me to fall at the feet of Jesus, just like the elders in Revelation, and worship, and then be so overwhelmed that I can't help but sing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 
So what's next? Well, I jumped into several places in Scripture today. You could read in and around any of those places. But if there ever was a week that you might jump into Revelation, this is it. And I dare say, take a hold of the promise of blessing and actually read it out loud. Take your time. Don't be so intimidated by what you may not understand that you keep God from revealing something to you through this section of Scripture. And my prayers will be with you this week that God will truly reveal something amazing in a scripture or section of scripture that that some of us may not spend a whole lot of time in. And while you're in God's word this week, would you let me know how you're doing? Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Or you can leave a comment on this week's show notes. MichelleNizat.com forward slash 28. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. One of the ways to internalize God's word so that we can talk about it from memory is just by keeping it in front of you every day. And I create free memory verse resources each week that tie directly to the study that we're doing that week. And you can download these resources for free every week if you're a member of my email list. And so I create smartphone, desktop, tablet, Uh, or even printables to just keep that God's word in front of your mind. So if you just head over to michellekneesat.com and on the right, you'll see a subscription box to subscribe to my email list. And I promise I won't share your information and I'm not going to bombard you with email. This is just my gift to you. And then next, I really appreciate your reviews on iTunes. I mean, it's an encouragement to me, and it's also a testimony to others. I mean, they they can people can find my podcast easier and then see that it might be a podcast worth listening to. So my promise to you is that if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And this week, I'd like to thank Pokey MC for your kind review. So keep the reviews coming. I really appreciate them. You can just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash review. It'll take you right to the page where you can leave a review in iTunes. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on More of You by Colton Dixon. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 28. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. Thank you.